Hey everyone, this is Steve Hernandez, host of the Waterwise Pro Podcast, and I thank you. This is episode number seven. It's my birthday. I really appreciate all of you guys. I just want to say thank you. Uh, last year was a great year. Uh, 38 wasn't so bad, okay? So uh, we're going to try it again this year. Uh, a lot of great re- uh, relationships were formed. A lot of uh, goals were achieved uh, that I worked really hard at. And um, I'm hoping to keep it up this next year. And uh, I hope that you guys all join me uh, in, in all this, okay? So uh, tonight we're going to talk about water storage facilities and uh, the maintenance and kind of upkeep of water, uh, water storage facilities, the purposes, okay? And then I believe we're going to try to get into valves, okay? All right, so the purpose of water storage facilities are designed for adequate storage to meet high demands, provide water for fire flow emergencies, and also to provide contact time for disinfection. Now, this would be post-treatment from a treatment plant, okay? So the types of storage facilities can be based on type of service, configuration, and then type of construction material, okay? So AEWWA M42 is a standard for water storage facilities. It says that proper inspections cannot be conducted if sediments cover the bottom of the tank, Tanks should be washed out and inspected at least every three years, and where water suppliers have sediment problems, annual washouts are recommended, okay? So, we're going to call Diver Dan, right? Everyone knows Diver Dan, Southern California. He is not a fictional character. He's a real dude, okay? So, uh, we're going to call Diver Dan. He's going to come out. He's going to go into our tanks. He's uh, he's going to put on his scuba gear, and uh, he's going to go inside his tank, uh, his tank, our tank, okay? And then he's going to go to the bottom. And he's going to come back out and say, hey, Steve, he said, uh, you got a bunch of sediment at the bottom of your tank. I think it's from that old well that's pumping a bunch of sand. So I got to get my vacuum material. I'm going to go back inside the tank and I'm going to vacuum out the bottom because I cannot properly do an inspection for you if I can't see all the coatings and stuff like that. So once I vacuum out the bottom, then I'm going to come back up and I'm going to get all my uh, camera gear and all that stuff. I'm going to go in there and give you a, a, a video log or a, a pictures of a full inspection of the inside of your tank. Okay, And at that point, then we'll... Uh, identify where our weaknesses are, if uh, some of the coatings and stuff are starting to chip away or deteriorate, and then we're gonna have to call Painter Pete to come out and uh, and fix it all up. Okay, so AWWA M42 is a standard for water storage facilities. Okay, all right. There's two different types of classifications. There's operating storage and there's emergency storage. Okay, so operating storage generally floats the system. The tank is connected to distribution system. As the demand increases, the tank empties. And as demand decrease, the tank fills. Okay, it's pretty simple, right? Then there's emergency storage. Okay, it's used mainly for uh, high demand fires installed in industrial areas for industry's own fire protection, and not normally used as potable sources. Okay, water stored for long periods of time could degrade in quality and develop a foul taste, odor, or become unsafe. Okay, we don't want stagnant water, just like we don't want them in our lakes. Remember, we talked about turnover and all that stuff. We want turnover in our tanks. Okay, we want uh, water to come in, come out. And uh, what that's that that just kind of like uh, freshens up the waters there, keeps our residual solid. But if we're using that water for emergency storage purposes, then uh, we have to know that that water is probably not going to be used for uh, potable use. Okay. Configurations: um, We're going to have some elevated storage tanks. Okay, elevated storage tanks. Storage tanks are generally supported by steel or concrete towers. Okay, uh, can be lo- located at ground level or elevated. Uh, these facilities are classified as elevated storage tanks okay uh, elevated storage tanks float the system and they are equipped with altitude valves uh, and they which are uh, installed for preventing of overfilling okay so those altitude valves uh, are down towards the base right and they're kind of like inlet outlet vault and it's allowing water to fill the tank um, when it needs be uh, and then also uh, lets that that water from the tank um, meet the demands that the uh, system might have okay 
All right, we're going to have some standpipes. A standpipe is a tank that rests on the ground with a height greater than its diameter, has both elevated water and storage quantity of storage. Okay. And um, does that sound right? Yeah, so has both elevated water um, and large quantities of storage. Okay, so elevated water meaning it has head pressure, right? It's, uh, it's very tall and uh, provides pressure to the system, but at the same time, it stores a large quantity of water for demands. Okay. A uh, large amount of water needs to be regularly uh, circulated through the tank um, to minimize um, uh, quality, uh, the water quality degradation, and then also to prevent from freezing. Okay. Um, other terms that we might use for uh, water storage facilities, we might call them reservoirs. Okay. Reservoirs would be for like raw water, uh, mainly for surface water, and then finished water would be above or below ground uh, storage facility. Okay. We're going to call those reservoirs. And uh, that would be like post-treatment, also after a treatment plan, okay? Or you might have a clear well, okay? Uh, clear well is treated water storage at a, a treatment plant. It provides for contact time for disinfection, right? That's inactivation of Giardia and viruses. And then also can be used for backwash water for filters, okay? All right, the next one we got is hydropneumatic systems. The hydropneumatic system, that, that stands for air and water, right? Hydro, water, pneumatic, air. So it's a system using an airtight tank in which air is compressed over water. The air is applied to pressure uh, to water in the tank and the attached distribution pipelines. Okay, it's used to minimize water hammer. It maintains constant downstream pressure, reduces the frequency of pump turn on and turn off, and we're going to have 50% water to 50% air, or two-thirds water and one-third air. Okay, remember that law that we talked about earlier, that Pascal's law of hydraulics says as we apply uh, force to a liquid it wants to go in every direction so that's what's happening with that air on the water okay it provides for water uh, temporarily during pumping failures as well okay so it provides pressure and it provides for quantity uh, not so much quantity mainly for pressure okay uh, surge tanks surge tanks prevent from water hammer it acts like a spring okay so a surge tank is just a tank that uh, captures over pumped water um, or in the event that uh, a valve shuts down too fast or too slow and it kind of captures any excess water in the system so it goes in the in the tank and that's what exactly what it's doing it's preventing from surge okay surge tanks all right uh, all tanks uh, that we have we have some welded steel tanks bolted steel tanks and concrete tanks they're all equipped with vents on the top so uh, the water can breathe as it kind of goes in and out of the tank and we don't uh, collapse or implode the tanks okay um, on the outside, the exterior components you're going to have on a water storage tank would be a water level gauge, okay, um, fall protection cage. Uh, they, they could be welded steel, like I said, bolted steel or concrete. Security doors on the outside to keep all the uh, the young adults, uh, young couples mainly off the top of the tank. But don't worry, anywhere anywhere between two and a half to three and a half minutes, uh, they'll be up there. So let them just let them just do their thing. They'll be down uh, three and a half minutes tops, okay, young couples. All right. Uh, cathodic protection so we could use a rectifier okay a rectifier is just combating the uh, electrical corrosion that the water uh, may cause inside their tanks so if the water has a static electricity possibly or some kind of electricity uh, maybe a negative charge so our rectifier will send in a positive charge into our sacrificial anodes that hang from the top of the tank okay uh, side hatch on the outside okay in case diver dan's on vacation or scuba steve's not available um, we'll go into the side hatch or manway. Um, you also have a level transducer. Okay, a level transducer would be on the outside. It's measuring the pressure on the bottom of the tank, and that's also converting it into uh, feet of head. Okay, so 
that information can be sent to our SCADA and we could be in our jammies and a laptop and look at uh, whatever's going on inside the tank and how many feet of water we might have at the tank, okay? Uh, sample points on the outside so we can check our residuals and then also to maybe take back tees if water quality is questionable, okay? All right. Steel tank corrosion and control, okay? So we're gonna talk about causes, okay? So it starts at the surface and moves inward. This is a corrosion, okay? Warmer water equals faster chemical corrosion reaction and substances in water like dissolved oxygen and minerals and low pH can also cause corrosion inside our tanks, okay? So the way we deal with corrosion would be uh, paints, coatings, metallic or non-metallic coatings. So that'd be painter Pete doing his thing, right? Uh, chemicals added during uh, treatment, pH adjustment. So treatment cha treatment Tammy, she's at the treatment plant. She's looking at the Langlier index, okay? So um, she's telling us that the positive numbers on the Langlier index indicates that the water is scale forming. And then the negative numbers uh, indicate that the water is corrosive. So we would rather have scale forming water, okay, than uh, corrosive water, okay? So corrosive water is going to eat away at the tanks and then scale forming water is going to cause a layer of calcium carbonate or hardness on the inside of our tanks, which would ultimately protect the steel or protect the tanks, okay? So uh, we would rather have scale forming water than corrosive water, okay? And that's the Langlier Index and Treatment Tammy is going to take care of that for us. All right, uh, Electrical Eddy is going to take care of the cathodic protection for us, so he's going to install rectifiers to provide electrical current that counteracts with the corrosion process. And then it takes the uh, teamwork to make the dream work. So you're gonna have Diver Dan, uh, Scuba Steve, Painter Pete, uh, Treatment Tammy, and then uh, uh, Electrical Eddie is gonna do, they're all gonna do their jobs. They all have to be successful, right? Just like us, so that we can make sure things get done and our systems are in top shape. All right. What's next? Tuberculation. Okay, so we're going to talk about tuberculation. Tuberculation is the, the development or for, formation of small mounds of corrosion products, rust on the inside of the iron pipes. These mounds, tubercles, increase the roughness of the inside of the pipe, thus increasing the resistance to water flow, decrease the, the C-factor. Okay, so tuberculation causes red water complaints. Okay, and that's from ferric iron, not ferrous iron, ferric iron, ferric iron is uh, the solid state of, of iron, okay? And ferrous iron would be like the liquid, okay? Uh, C factor of about 100 is about where we wanna be. If it's 90, that would be considered slightly rough. If it's 110, it would be slightly smooth. So just like sandpaper, the higher the number, the smoother it is, the lower the number, the more coarse or rougher it would be, okay? So tuberculation, again, is the small mounds of rust on the inside of our pipes, okay? So if you can imagine like galvanized pipe, uh, very rusty on the inside, has a very low C factor, right? Very rough on the inside. There it is, um, valves. So valves are used for many purposes in the distribution system. They can shut off, turn on, and regulate the flow of water, reduce pressure, provide air release and vacuum relief, blow off or drain water from parts of the system, and prevent uh, backflow, okay? Distribution piping valves used to isolate water mains during system disruptions. You're going to have them anywhere between 500 to 1,000 feet separation throughout the distribution system. You're going to use isolation and flow regulation valves um, like gate valves, globe valves, butterfly valves, and ball valves. You're not going to use gate valves for throttling, okay? Uh, gate valves would be uh, for temporary throttling, throttling if you had like a main brake and you need to throttle down the main just to reduce some pressures so you can do your jobs. But on a day-to-day -day, uh, normal operation, you're not going to be throttling gate valves. You're going to be using globe valves or butterfly valves for throttling, okay? 
pressure regulation valves, you'd be using a globe style valve, diaphragm valves, um, the, the globe, globe valves you're going to have in the system, uh, a common uh, brand you're going to see is clay valve. Okay, so uh, a lot of us have gone to clay valve school down in Costa Mesa, California, and uh, definitely a great school to check out and uh, learn a lot about those clay valves. Um, they can, you can make them do all kinds of cool stuff, pressure reducing, pressure re uh, regulation, speed control, the list goes on for uh, clay valve and all the great stuff they can do for our industry. Okay. Uh, pressure reducing and pressure sustaining, uh, air release valve and vacuum relief valves. Okay. Gate valves. Again, uh, main function is for isolation and shutoff purposes. A restricting disc is lowered into a seat, which stops the flow of water. Okay. We have two different types. We have rising stem gate valves, which are going to be on your uh, backflow devices or at your pump stations. Okay. And then you're going to have the non-rising stem gate valves. Those are, going to, those are going to be the ones that we bury here okay, with a square nut on top. We bury those. We put a G5 with a um, valve can on them. And so we can uh, get to them in the middle of the street. Okay. All right. They're going to have a resilient seat, uh, disc or wedge, and they have various sizes. All right. After that, you got butterfly valves. Okay. Butterfly valves are a valve consisting of a disc rotating on an axis across the diameter of a pipe to isolate or regulate the flow. Disc rotates on a spindle or shaft in only direction, uh, only one direction, and then at, at 90 degrees to a fully open, it has a gearbox, so it's a offset of the uh, this actually side of the pipe. Okay, so it's not like a gate valve where the operating nut is on top of it. You actually have it on the side uh, of the valve itself. Okay, and it also has resilient seated. Okay, um, you have glow valves. Glow valves are different from ball valves. Uh, it's a type of valve used for regulating flow in a pipeline consisting of a movable disc type element or diaphragm and a stationary ring seat in a generally spherical body. Okay. Uh, plug valves are uh, valves with cylindrical or conically tapered plugs, uh, which can be rotated inside the valve body to control flow uh, through the valve. Okay. The plugs in uh, plugs and plug valves have one or more hollow passage passageways going sideways through the plug so that fluid, I'm sorry, so fluid can through uh, can flow through the plug when the valve is open. Woo, that was a hard one. Okay. All right. And then check valves. Uh, check valves are a single action valve that closes the, uh, closes and prevents backwards flow of the liquid. Okay. Um, like a, a well discharge line. Okay. So on a well discharge assembly, remember the check valve is always upstream of the isolation valve on a well discharge assembly. Remember that one. Okay. One more time. The check valve is upstream of the isolation valve on a well discharge assembly. Okay. All right, a foot valve. A foot valve is a self-acting valve that allows water to flow in only one direction on the low-pressure suction side of a pump operating under suction lift. Okay, this would be like a submersible well pump, and that foot, val foot valve would be underneath that submersible pump to help it maintain prime. Okay. Uh, altitude, altitude valves, we kind of mentioned those earlier when we were talking about elevated storage tanks. Um, they control high water level and reservoirs without the need for floats or other devices. It is a non-throttling valve that remains fully open until the shutoff point is reached. Okay. Used on reservoirs where water is withdrawn through the altitude valve, the valve closes at the high water level and opens for return flow when the pressure is higher than desired. Okay. Hydraulic operated glow valves or could you could be, you could use the clay valves okay, for those. Um, they, again, they're pressure regulating valves. Uh, speed control valves and then direction of flow you can use a single and double action as well you're going to have uh, air vacuum release valve okay um, that is just to basically burp the air out of the, the water mains okay or lines uh, located at the highest point or summit 
installed above grade and then the outlet is also screened okay to make sure that no uh, bugs or anything like that get inside there and then gum up the uh, the actual uh, the seat or the plunger that kind of uh, keeps the uh, the water from flowing out of the vacuum release valve okay um, so again yeah just like you know like when we eat something eat a little bit something too heavy um, we kind of have to burp it out and then uh, once we do that we kind of back to uh, normal operations right we can get back to our thing and and uh, feel good right so our pipes do the same thing right we get air kind of entrapped in our pipes and so if we put these things at our highest point uh, in the system uh, it'll burp that air out and it's another reason why we don't do our taps on top okay uh, taps for service lines uh, don't go on top um, because we don't want air going into our customers lines okay so we'd actually top them uh, tap them at a 45 from the top okay not a 45 from the bottom not 90 degrees we're going to tap our service lines uh, 45 degrees from the top all right uh, blow off valves are located at low points inverts and or dead ends uh, they move stagnant water and improve water quality okay so those would be at the end of our um, cul-de-sacs or dead ends if we have a tree system okay remember we were talking about configurations of a distribution system uh, tree systems are going to have a lot of blow-offs because they have a lot of dead ends and this is also just to uh, move water in case for flushing purposes to maintain good water quality. All right. Uh, are there service valves that we're going to have? So service valves is uh, like um, one, one that we would have would be the corporation stop. Okay. It's connected to the water main and the service line. It's the main shutoff valve located under the street. Um, it could be a ball valve or a gate valve. And uh, mainly we're going to use um, either we're going to use direct tap. Okay. So for us at Watsonville, we do direct taps. We don't use saddles. Um, remember, we are using ductile iron pipe. Um, we're not using uh, C900. So if you are using C900, you are going to use a saddle, and you're going to have a corp that is uh, screwed inside to the saddle. Again, the saddle just wraps around the main, and um, and that's where you actually drill inside the main uh, through the corp, and then you got water, right? So that's the corporation stop. Um, and the angle meter stop is uh, connected to the service line uh, and the meter. It is used to isolate consumers' uh, service uh, located in the meter box. Okay, so that's an angle meter or uh, curb stop valve. Okay, uh, it also will be a ball valve or gate valve. Okay, um, and those could be um, uh, flare fittings, compression fittings. Okay, uh, most common uh, types, right? Or compression and flare. And I think a lot of people are starting to go to compression now because uh, flares can leak. There are some old school agencies out there that still like the flare. Um, the strongest connection you're going to have out there is going to be a flare. Um, but we usually, we usually replace those with uh, compression fittings. So um, they are, they are uh, they're definitely a popular option. Okay, For servicing, uh, running a new service, we're going to have our water main. Like I said, we're going to tap it out of 45. We're going to put a little uh, gooseneck or S shape uh, on the copper service or uh, poly service. So when we put it in, for uh, to prevent from any settling okay so if we have settling on that service line and it's a straight shot from the from the main to the curb stop it could potentially pull down on that curb stop pulling down on the customer side and breaking the customer side so we put a little basically a little bit of slack in the uh, customer service line all right i think that's it for tonight we just kept it about uh, 20 minutes and uh like i said i appreciate you guys again this is the 39th birthday uh, that I've celebrated and I appreciate all of you guys and uh, thanks a lot for being part of this journey and I look forward to uh, many more uh, podcasts and classes and uh, Instagram posts and all your guys' feedback and uh, asking for you know whatever it is that you guys need um, hoping that I can uh, keep facilitating um, all that 
for you and more. So uh, thanks again. Have a great night. Peace. <laughs>